For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. To get up and get going, South Coast, it's time for the Tim Weisberg Show on WBSM. Also streaming live on WBSM.com and on the WBSM app. Talk to Tim now at 508-996-0500 or send him a message or a voicemail through the WBSM app. And now, ready to start your day off with a bang, it's Tim Weisberg. Good morning. Happy Tuesday to you. Welcome into the program. Hope it's starting off well for you. It's It's got to be better than yesterday. It's not nearly as windy. There's no rain pouring down. And as uh, Sussy just said, it's going to be a dry couple of days. The weather won't be too, too bad. The temperatures won't be too, too bad. And then uh, it'll get warmer as we get closer to Christmas. But uh, certainly, after the last two Mondays we've had, we deserve a bit of a a break. And I was reading an interesting article regarding some of the storm damage. And there are still, I think it was just under 200,000 electrical customers in Massachusetts from the three different providers who are still without power, at least as of the time that that article was written. And uh, Eversource said it was probably going to be multiple days before they could get to everyone and restore everyone's power. Now, one thing I've learned about Eversource is that they they try to uh, extend the timeline a little bit more than is necessary. You know, they'll tell you it's a couple. I mean, they don't really get too specific anyway. But if they tell you it's a couple of days, it could very well be today. And then they just, you know, again, they look like they got it done sooner. But um, especially in this area and also in some certain interior parts of, of like central Massachusetts, we got a lot of rain. We got a lot of wind. They got a ton of rain in other parts of the state. Uh, we were not the highest windfall area, but we were amongst the highest wind gusts. I believe the New Bedford Airport recorded gusts up to 62 miles an hour. But we had hurricane force gusts across Massachusetts for a December storm. So it's going to take them a little while to clean up everything that, that came down. And, and But Eversource was saying in this, this article that I read that part of the problem was everything was still so saturated 
from last week, from last week's storm, that it weighed things down. You know, uh, not all the trees have shed their leaves, I guess. And some of the ground was still wet and because we didn't really have a, a big warm up that would dry all of that stuff out. So that was part of the issue that we were dealing with yesterday, and that's what was making a lot of branches and, and even trees come down in addition to the to just the destructive force of those wind gusts. And you heard Ariel mention in the news there was a, a man in Hanover who was in a trailer and he was crushed. The 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 trailer came down uh, the uh, tree rather came down onto the trailer. They were able to pull him out, 89 years old, but he succumbed to his injuries. There was another incident in Holbrook where a tree fell on a pickup truck while a man was inside. And they were able to pull him out safely. But that's pretty destructive for, you know, the type of storm that it was. I don't know that people were taking that storm seriously enough yesterday. I certainly wasn't. I mean, I was trying to warn people about the road conditions. But I didn't think it would be hurricane-type damage. But I've, I've changed my outlook on storms after that November, I'm sorry, uh, late October nor'easter that we had a few years ago. I think it was 2021. Was it 2020 or 2021? I forget exactly now. But I was out working for my dad, covering his overnight job. When he's an independent contractor, you know, works for himself kind of thing. And when he needed time off, I would be the person to fill in for him. Can't do it anymore. I get up too early and I wouldn't be done in time to come here, but I would cover for him. And so I was covering and it was, I want to say just a couple of days before Halloween. And we had that really bad storm where I was stuck on Cape Cod and they were going to shut down the bridges. And I had to be here by 9 a.m. It's like, how am I going to? get to work if they close the bridges. And they ended up, thankfully, not closing them. But I got trapped. I was in Pocasset. You know, th this is a delivery job. So I'm trapped in Pocasset where trees had come down on either side of this road and I couldn't, couldn't get past them. One, I had no shot of making it around. Another one I could, but there was a power line down in somebody's front yard next to where this tree had fallen, and I would have to drive over the power line to be able to get around the tree. And after about an hour or so of trying to wait for somebody to come along and do something, I just said, well, I guess I've got to try it. I was looking at the power line. I didn't see any sparks coming out of it. It wasn't moving around. And I know what they say, you know, you can't be sure that a line is live, so always play it safe, but I just ended up driving over it. I kind of stepped on the gas and drove over it as fast as I could, and I was okay, but probably not the best thing to have done. Anyway, I hope that you got through the storm okay, and I hope that um, there was limited damage where you are. But I was seeing some photos 
of major flooding, different uh, law enforcement and town maintenance workers and all of those different departments were all posting photos on social media showing the damage, showing how bad the flooding had been. And if if you have any of those photos and you want to send them on over, you can email them, tim at wbsm.com. Or if you open up the WBSM app, there's the send audio video or the app chat button, any one of those, you can send the photos over that way. Just in case we put together any kind of gallery of some of the storm damage. And speaking of storms, that led them to not have the proposed ferry service ready to launch and for Providence to get people around the Washington Street Bridge. But that's going to launch now on Wednesday. And they have released some details on that yesterday. There's going to be parking in Bristol for about 100 or so cars, a little over 100 cars. And the ferry rides will happen every half hour. And the ferry rides will be free. So free parking, free ferry rides. You don't have to pay for either thing. You can park your car in Bristol, hop on the ferry, take it over to Providence. Do what you got to do. And as long as you're back by, I think the last one is at 6 p.m. Don't quote me on that, though. If you show up there and there's no ferry, it's not my fault. But I don't know, maybe if I have time, I'll go down there and and take the ride just to see what it's like. But that's going to be going until March. They've planned for it to go through, I believe, until March 29th. Because they are expecting that the full bridge repairs are going to take about three months. But that's at least one way to help out a little bit. I don't know how many folks are going to utilize that. I don't know how many folks are going to want to get into Providence without their vehicle. I guess if you work close to where the ferry is going to bring you, that's helpful. But are you going to park there, take a ferry over, and then Uber? They are going to have some public transportation. They're going to have shuttles that will take you to the ferry area. So, I mean, maybe that helps a little bit, but it's still a debacle. That's why they're referring to it as the December debacle. It's still a debacle. So I want to uh, point your attention to an article I have at WBSM.com and on the WBSM app just published this morning. I had it ready to go yesterday, but I was waiting for one clarification on something. But if you go to our website or our app, you will see a story. You'll see a giant jar of sauce and some chickens. And this is a story that I've been working on for a few weeks now. I was able to get some photos and I was able to get a sit down with, he's going to get mad when I say this, legendary newsman Jim Phillips. And I have an article about, I'll just tell you the title and you can, you can see if you agree. New Bedford's Phillips Farms had the secret sauce the South Coast still craves. I like alliteration. Phillips Farms, which was in existence from after World War II until, well, at least Jim's family sold it in 1984, and then it continued a few years after that. 
but that was his family's business. His grandfather started the farm and opened up the farm store. And one of the things that they sold in the farm store was rotisserie chickens. And Jim gave me so much great information and so many great memories. I couldn't get them all into the story, but I tried to get as many of them as I could in there. And he described what sounds like an amazing place, a hard, you know, a hard job to have as a kid. And certainly the hard work that everybody put in to make it work. But I could picture it in my mind for a place I'd never been to and never seen. I could picture it in my mind. And Jim recently, so this, this Phillips Farms was famous for its rotisserie chickens. People would come in and buy a chicken. You could buy them all ready to go and you could take them home and throw them in the oven or you could get them already rotisseried. Kind of the precursor to what you get in the supermarket, only I'm sure way, way better. And you would, uh, you'd go in and they would take the chicken out of the warmer. They would wrap it in foil, in a, in a foil bag, and send you on home with it. You can get potatoes and stuffing and gravy and all that kind of stuff. They were like the inspiration. I was joking with Jim. I was like, you were the inspiration for Boston Market. And then as part of the preparation for the chicken, someone, most likely Jim's grandfather, also Jim, came up with this sauce recipe, this barbecue sauce that they would baste onto the chickens. And then they would give you a little extra of it if you wanted to, to dip your chicken into when you took it home. And people went crazy for this sauce. It sounded like just about everybody wanted extra sauce because they wanted to dip their chicken in it. And so he was telling me all about kind of the history of the sauce, at least as much as he knew. And he was telling me about how people to this day still try to get the sauce recipe and they are not sharing it. But he recently made a batch. What he says is the closest he's ever gotten to it. And I got to try it. It was phenomenal. And so I wrote an article about the history of Phillips Farm and about the sauce. So you can check that out at WBSM.com or on the WBSM app. And I would take your Phillips Farm, Phillip Farms memories if you want to share it and tell me a little bit more. Right now, though, let's go to the phones, 508-996-0500. Good morning. You're on WBSM. Morning. Hey, how you doing, John? Going on. Not much. What's up? Took a little vacation. Well, we all deserve a break well, now and then. <laughs> did did you get some actual time off of work? Because I know you're a hard worker. No, 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 no. I took a I took a WBSM vacation. Ah, okay. Um, so I, it's funny you're talking about rotisseries. I, I actually had a rotisserie chicken on Sunday night. I, I made it. My mother has an old school like a uh, rotisserie oven. Oh yeah, yeah. So we, she brought yeah she brought it over and we had a we had a rotisserie chicken. I mean the smell. I mean you can't beat a homemade rotisserie chicken. Now imagine, yeah. imagine that with forty chickens cooking at one time. Yeah, right. That's right, what right. Phillips Farms sure must have smelled like. I'm sure the exhaust fans, man, going out that you know, invited everybody in. You know, 
<laughs> right. It's almost like it's almost like you're driving up, uh, you know, ninety three. You're, you're on um, Deacon Bridge, and then you hit the the Tobin Bridge. You go over the Tobin Bridge in Boston, and the KM Factory is right there on the left. If you're driving over the bridge, and it's all you smell is hot dogs. No, oh, I never realized that, that before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you look down about three quarters of the way over the bridge, you smell. You if you roll your windows down, you could smell hot dogs and. Uh, the bacon smoking and stuff like that—you can smell it. Yeah, it's unbelievable. Mm. Um, have you ever gone through? You know, driving around, especially because I know you drive around all hours. Have you ever gone by in Wareham, where the Chatham Village Crouton Factory yeah, is? You can smell the garlic. Side, yep. Yeah, when I used to deliver beer for El Nathan's son, I used to go up there, and um, every time I'd be on my way home, and I I would roll my window down right at that, right at that bend. Well, it used to be the old, the old exit too, but to get back on 195. Um, Oh, no, no, I'm sorry, Cava, uh, to get to uh, whatever that is, yeah, that old Tremont Street. Mm-hmm. Uh, you could smell you could smell that. When you're going around that pond there, uh, near the outlets. Yep. Like a little cranberry pond a there. Yeah, you pond, go yeah. that way. Yeah, 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 yeah. When you get on 195, you can roll your windows down and smell it over there. That's pretty cool. So I can and only... Why are we giving all this... Why, oh, go ahead, go ahead. I was going to say, I can only imagine what, it, like you were saying, like what it must have been like when all those chickens were roasting. This is the top of Mount Pleasant Street and Nash Road. So you're talking about a, an area where oh, at yeah. the time was pretty rural, but I'm sure, like you said, it drew people in. Oh, my God. This yeah. is pre, pre- like Route 140, so... Yeah, you just flip the exhaust fan on, and next thing you know, you're going to have, you know, 20, 20 to 30 people looking for a rotisserie chicken, you know? Yeah. Uh, I could just imagine... Listen, why are we giving all this money to a, you, you, Ukraine? I don't know if you just heard now. We, uh, Canadians just dropped a huge bill over three years, over over a three-year period. And uh, I, I know a lot of Canadians aren't happy with it. You know, I've seen a lot of videos with them what, freaking out. You know what I mean? And, was the, was the um, justification for that that they think that the war will last that long, or is it to help with the rebuild effort too? They said that yeah, I guess it's to help with the rebuild and everything else, but they said pretty much like they're in they're in a three year commitment with Ukraine. The president pretty much went from the United States and he went you know while he was on this side of the world he went you know let's let's go over to let's go over to uh, Canada while we're while we're, while we're visiting the United States let's go beg for some money over there and he did but you know what's crazy is that he got that two hundred million dollars. Regardless, from regardless if it didn't pass, uh, you know, Congress or not, he still got, he still got the two hundred million from from Biden. So he came here, he got what he wanted, and even if he didn't get the whatever it was, the billions of dollars he came here for, you know, he still got something. He still left, he didn't leave empty-handed. So what do you think? You know, you know, when when this conflict is over, and and uh, if you know they're able to rebuild. Ukraine, if they're able to, what do you see as being kind of the the benefit of these North American countries having invested that much money in it? What, what will they get on the other side of that? I don't think they're going to get nothing. To be honest with you, I don't think this. Honestly, I don't think this world this this war this war is going to end anytime soon, and it's going to be another twenty year war like it was with Afghanistan and Iraq. You know, well, more of Afghanistan, but it, it's going to be a twenty year war where we where we have our feet, you know, in this in this country. And uh, it's I, I don't know I don't know it's a it's a it's a big proxy war and it's not in our favor I'll tell you that much you know well we'll have to I, I have a feeling I have a feeling Tim you know what I have a feeling that next year hopefully you know Donald Trump or you know some 
Republican. I don't even care at this point. It just needs to be a Republican. Gets in and, and, and you know, straightens this country out and puts everybody back in their place where they need to be. Pretty much gets everybody off their high horse, you know, and uh, all these all these world leaders. And uh, I, I just hope that they change everything around. Well, change I, everything around and bring it back to the way it used to be. I got a feeling that even as you get closer to the election, even President Biden will start to, you know, pull back in some of the support for Ukraine uh, because they're not going to want this thing raging on during an election. They're going to want to, you know, have an end in sight because that's going to be a major campaign discussion. So I, I can see yeah, him you, putting the pressure on Zelensky now to try to, you know, get this under wraps as, as quickly as possible. That's probably why this this last round of funding is happening, assuming it's the last round. Yeah. Well, you know the 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 gas the gas has dripped dropped for for us for uh, you know maybe close to a dollar. Um, well, not close to a dollar, about forty cents, forty fifty cents. Um, I guess I guess it's okay to, you know, produce a little bit more oil, right? Biden Biden didn't want to produce in the, in the beginning of his campaign or in the beginning of his presidency, shut down all these refineries and stopped we stopped drilling and producing, and. Uh, I know I'm going to get a call, follow-up call probably from that from that other guy that calls it. He's already on hold. Uh, He's waiting. He's already on hold. But no, I, I heard that uh, the reason why gas dropped and uh, to throw out some statistics, we were producing at our peak, we were producing about 31, millions, 31 million barrels of oil a day when, when the United States was at its peak in oil refinery, okay? And now... During the lowest when Biden took office, you know, he shut everything down. It dropped down into like the 15. It, it was cut, cut by cut in half. That's why you saw that huge spike. Okay. Now, he knows a little bit more than I do, so he could probably explain it a little better. But I think I'm on the right track with this. Now, Biden, of course, it's an election year coming up, wants to make himself look good. He opens up a couple more refineries. Right. Let's say it gives them the green light to start drilling again. Okay. They start drilling. Guess what? We're producing. Now we're producing almost... 20 million barrels of oil a day. Well, what's that going to do to the cost? It's going to drive the cost down for us, for the consumer. So now we're paying two ninety nine a gallon instead of three forty nine a gallon or three fifty nine a gallon. So, all right, with that, I know you got to take a break. So, I, I do. Let you roll. But uh, listen, great Merry hearing Christmas. from you. I'm going to keep, I'll, I'll listen, but I'm going to take a, take a little bit of a break calling in every once in a while. That, but totally understandable. All right. I'll you have a good one. You All right. And uh, I do have to take a break here in a moment to go into the newsroom. When we come back on the other side, hang on to the other caller. I will go to you right when we come back from the news. Uh, and then uh, also I'll take a, a break coming up as well. If you want to call in, 508-996-0500. If you want to send in an app chat message or an open line voicemail, you can do that on the WBSM app. Uh, also on the app, too, uh, you can read that story about uh, the Phillips Farm sauce and I'm looking for your sauce memories. If you would like to uh, share those, you can do that by sending those in via the app or, you know, you can call in. I'll also have that story up on Facebook, too, if you want to uh, comment on it and share it around. I know that when I posted, Jim gave me a jar of the sauce. And when I posted on uh, social media that I was enjoying the sauce, Jim started getting messages and comments from people asking him for some. And he's he's not really... They're not in the sauce business, and it explains it all in the article. All right, it is time to go now, though, into the newsroom and get all the headlines of the day with Ariel Dorsey. 
the late Justice Sandra Day O'Connor, the first woman to sit on the bench on the high court, is set to be laid to rest today. The funeral for O'Connor will be held at Washington National Cathedral, where President Biden and Chief Justice John Roberts are scheduled to speak. Democrats in Congress are calling on Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas to step away from former President Trump's immunity case. A group of House Democrats signed a letter urging Thomas to rescue himself from deciding whether Trump is immune, being prosecuted over charges accusing him of trying to overturn the 2020 presidential election. Hundreds of thousands of customers are without power in the Northeast due to a major storm packing strong winds and heavy rains. PowerOutage.us showed power was knocked out for more than 600,000 people from Massachusetts up to Maine as of last night. Actor Jonathan Majors has been dropped by Marvel after being found guilty in his domestic violence trial in New York City. Majors' character Kang the Conqueror was set to be a major figure in the Marvel Cinematic Universe going forward, with the MCU building future story arcs around the character. Survivors of sex abuse within the Archdiocese of Baltimore will have until May 31st to file a claim against the church. According to the Baltimore Banner Attorneys for the Church, a bankruptcy judge and survivors agreed to the filing deadline during a hearing on Monday. Icelandic authorities are asking people to stay away from an erupting volcano. The eruption set lava jets hundreds of feet in the air and lit up the sky in the southwestern part of the country Monday night. It was preceded by a series of earthquakes. In sports, rookie forward Matt Portress was signed by the Bruins to Canada to play in the 2024 World Junior Championship in Sweden, which begins on December 26th. Portress has five goals and eight assists for 13 points in his first season in the NHL. Boston will host the Minnesota Wild tonight. On Monday, New England claimed a former Jaguars signal caller Nathan Rook off waivers. The move comes after the Chargers signed Will Greer off the Patriots practice squad. The Patriots will visit the Denver Broncos on Sunday night. And according to The Athletic, the Celtics have shown great interest in Detroit Pistons' Isaiah Stewart. The 22-year-old is averaging 10.2 points and 6.8 rebounds while shooting over 36% from beyond the arc. Boston is hoping to extend its winning streak to six games when it visits the Golden State Warriors tonight. Now let's take a look at your local forecast with ABC6. Good to be with you, everybody. Conditions improving considerably on this Tuesday morning with temperatures around 40 with mostly clear skies. We're keeping a close eye on the Blackstone Wood River and the Patuxent River. Moderate to major flooding expected through today. In the meantime, for this afternoon, dry conditions expected, partial sunshine. Temperatures in the mid-40s, 42 is the normal high. We are looking forward to a prolonged dry stretch through the next few days. Be sure to watch ABC6 for my full seven-day forecast from the ABC Six Weather Center. I'm meteorologist Ceci del Carmen on New Bedford's News Talk Station, 1420 WBSM. I'm Ariel Dorsey for WBSM News. Stay up to date with New Bedford's News Talk Station, WBSM, and get breaking news alerts with the WBSM app. WBSM News Talk 1420.
welcome back in 508-996-0500. You can also hit that app chat button on the WBSM app. And you know, some, some people, and I've, I've gotten very few complaints, but some people don't like the music coming in and out of breaks or coming in and out of the news. And uh, some folks don't really like my music selection. Other people love it. Other people love the hearing the 80s and the 90s music. Uh, but, you know, that serves a purpose. It brings you back into things. But also sometimes I'm pushing out articles and getting stuff out there. And it gives me a couple of extra seconds to uh, to push things out. And I was just making sure that we had lined up to hit social media. Barry's great articles today that you can check out at WBSM.com and on the app. He has one that is a look at the new signage that has been put up on the site of what was Lincoln Park. As, uh, as you know, Dartmouth has a lot of trails and they have a lot of signs that they put up to kind of give the history. And I, I love that. I love how much that town is invested in keeping its history alive. And they've recently put up some new signage for Lincoln Park. So Barry shares some photos of that and some information about it at WBSM.com and on the app. He also has a great piece, too, about uh, how the DPI preps the Christmas tree downtown, the city's Christmas tree. But the the idea of keeping Lincoln Park memories going uh, is, I think, a wonderful thing. I gave a presentation Sunday night. The Emory Estate in the town of Weymouth had asked if I would come out and give a, a presentation for Christmas as a fundraiser to help them raise some money here before the end of the year, a little extra to put in the coffers to continue the renovation of the Emory Estate, which is owned by the town of Weymouth. And I originally said, um, well, I don't, I don't have a Christmas presentation, but uh, I know people that do. So why don't you call them and, you know, see if they can, they can do it. And then they did. And both of the folks said that they could, but then they also had me come anyway. So I was like, well, I guess I'm going to come up with a, a Christmas presentation. And at the suggestion of a friend, I did one on the history and the haunts of Edaville. And it went, it went over very well. Like, just because of people's nostalgic memories of, of Edaville. So if somebody out there wants to do a Lincoln Park one, I bet you there's an audience for it. I'm not really a, a Lincoln Park historian. I, I barely have any memories of going there. But uh, somebody out there knows a lot more about it than me and can probably come up with something pretty good. 508-996-0500. Good morning. You're on WBSM. God, Tim. This is like old times. Yeah. <laughs> You know, I, I, I called like a, a few weeks ago. I was wondering where that guy was. I was like, dude, where's John? I haven't heard him in a minute. So I get it. Sometimes, yeah, sometimes you need to take a break from, from talk radio, from, from listening or from calling in. And sometimes you yeah. need to just kind of step away a little bit. Well, I'm glad that he, he's good. And, that, you know, I was kind of concerned because I was like, oh, shit, you know, well, I mean, crap. Sorry. Uh, I was just hoping nothing was bad. But, yeah, good to hear his voice. And then he immediately immediately had me rolling when uh, he was like, yeah, I know I'm going to get corrected because <laughs> I, I was I was just rolling. I was like, yeah, yeah, we're going to have to do a little bit of a correction on you. Uh, so the 31 million barrels a day never happened, never will. Uh, <laughs> that is, is, he was close. His numbers are reversed. 
So it's always been 13 million uh, a day. That was the peak. And that's where we're at now. We're actually a little bit above that. We're about above uh, 13.5 million barrels of oil a day. Uh, and, and we've been at that peak for quite a while, for about a month now. Um, well, maybe maybe six weeks. Uh, and, and, and really, it has zero to do with Biden. I mean, I know he likes to blame Biden, but the, the peak, the oil production has zero to do with Biden. It has zero to do with Trump. It all has to do with private oil production on private land, right? So we have the oil production out in, in uh, West Texas and, and, and New Mexico, Arizona, that whole area. And they're the ones who decide whether or not they're going to drill or not. And, and, and the biggest reason for that is they want to price stabilize. They want oil to be at a certain price, just like OPEC does. And the reason why OPEC continually right now has stopped oil production by over a million barrels of oil a day uh, is because they don't want oil prices to drop. Because when you drop oil to a certain level, uh, it's not profitable and for, the, for the oil producer. And the reason why we had that big spike, we blame Biden, but didn't happen, uh, was because they stopped drilling during COVID, right? So now you had a massive oil supply constriction. They stopped drilling for oil because oil went negative under, under Donald Trump. So a, a barrel of oil actually went negative, say, 20 bucks uh, for a day or for a half a day. And it was, it was really, really not profitable for them to put guys on the rigs and, and not drill for oil. So they stopped drilling. There's no point. So when you have a supply restriction, uh, you're going to get a spike when you reopen the economy. Um, and people started driving around your airlines. Your, your biggest thing is your airlines started flying all over, all over again. People started traveling. So you're going to have a massive spike in, in oil demand and no supply whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And that's why you had the $5, uh, a gallon gas had nothing to do with with Biden shutting down refineries. That's never happened. If you actually dig into the data, he didn't shut down refineries. We're actually at refining capacity now, um, and and we have been for a while. Uh, Donald Trump his 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 peak production during his term um, was 13 million a day, right? And that only lasted for like a week. And if you remember back in 2018. He actually begged OPEC in Saudi Arabia to drill more. He went to Saudi Arabia. He said he asked the prince to drill more oil because back in 2018, we were touching $3 a gallon for gas. And oil uh, per barrel was almost at 100 So he begged OPEC to drill for more oil rather than, you know, drill more here. You know, that, that would be the political argument. But the reality is we're at capacity also. So we're, we're, at, we're at capacity. We're at, we are the world's largest oil producer by per country status right now. And the reason why OPEC is, is struggling right now is because, and the biggest reason is because of our, our fracking. I know, I know Joe Biden said that he doesn't want to drill, 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 and, and all that. That's, that's dumb political you know, fodder. He, he threw that to the base, just like, you know, Republicans throw their stuff to the base. The reality is we're producing on federal land still, and we're producing a lot more on, on private land. So we're, we're, we're on the course. I'd love to see more. 
production production um and and luckily the president doesn't have enough sway over the economy as as people give him credit for and in regards to um lincoln park i remember lincoln park back to about 1989 right when they were about to close that's that's where my memory goes to i was like about 10 you know nine or 10 years old and uh yeah i I remember being at my house because I grew up in the in the UMass area. I remember hearing the comet and people at the top of the peak of the comet going down. I hear them screaming. That's one of my <laughs> biggest memories. Yeah, it was, you know, it was it, wild. If you want to experience it, there's a, a YouTube video. There's a lot of like um, videos where people have recreated old roller coasters of the past, and somebody yeah. recreated the comet uh, the comet ride with like. Um, you know, computer-generated graphics, and it's pretty good. It's 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 a pretty uh, interesting video to watch. I'm sure they probably ported it over to VR by now, but it's uh, right. it's nice. It's a little bit nostalgic to have some of those memories like that. Yeah, yeah, I remember like the the bumper cars that they had there. The um, and the they had like a it's like a, not a merry-go-round, but it was you go into the it was like a little rowboat, and it was in water, and you just go around in a circle in in uh, like a boat. That was pretty cool. Oh, that sounds fun. But yeah. Yeah, it, it was good memories for a while. It lasted. I remember when they, when they were just about to close, they started going more in the realm of um, like carnival attractions. I think right at the entrance they had something that looked like the zipper, if I remember correctly. They started bringing in like carnival carnival style rides, I guess, to compete with the traveling carnival, and that that was kind of like the downfall of them. It wasn't like that the typical theme park ride anymore. It was kind of the stuff that you would see at the, the Whalen City Festival, you know, in the summer. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, thank you for the All call. Right, you have a great day. All right, guys. Got to take a break here, but we'll take more of your calls. 508-996-0500. We'll be right back. <laughs> Welcome back in. Oh, man, Dolores had such a voice. Gone too soon. Drugs are terrible, kids. But, uh, yeah, what a voice she had. And uh, speaking of dreams, WBSM is teaming with United Way of Greater New Bedford to make dreams come true with a mini miracle for a deserving South Coast family. The Lima family of New Bedford needs your help. Mom, Celsia, cares for her two, her two children, 17-year-old Siliani and 5-year-old Derek, both of her children are afflicted with rare disorders. Now, as we told you about, Siliani can't see very well. Even with glasses, everything is blurry to her. Her mother has to lead her around and uh, kind of be her eyes for her, which is a, a bit of a struggle when she's already caring for Derek and his needs because he can't see. He's nonverbal autistic. He has a very rare disorder. Uh, he is just... Um, 
someone who depends on everyone else around him. And poor Celsia is trying to help both of her children all the time. Siliani just wanted to be able to see so that she could help her mom care for her brother. Well, she tried these special lenses a few months ago and realized that when she puts those on, she can see clearly and can help her mom and live a normal teenage life. Get a job, hang out with friends, and play soccer. And so we wanted to be able to buy her those lenses and change these the lives of this family. And thanks to First Citizens Federal Credit Union, they agreed to buy the lenses for Siliani. And she's been fitted for them. She should get them soon. And that will change their lives. But we're also trying to give them a great Christmas around that. So if you can go to the Mini Miracle page at WBSM.com or on the app, then you can make a donation from a variety of ways. You can send a text message. You can put in your credit card information or debit card information. You can mail a check. You can drop off a, a donation to the United Way. You can give in so many different ways to help this family have a mini miracle this holiday season. Thanks to our other sponsors as well, including Fall River Municipal Credit Union, Cottage Street Motors, Bright Dents, Portis de Sadad, New England Sewer and Drain, and Freestones City Grill. So uh, again, WBSM.com has all the info about that. We've got to take a final break for this hour. We'll be right back. All right, that is going to do it for this hour. We're going to take a break for the news. When we come back on the other side, more with you at 508-996. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.